0: Please read our full disclaimer or listen to it, but for now, just note that all content is for informational, entertainment, educational, and harm reduction purposes only. Life-changing trips in Harmony Williams and their affiliates and guests are not doctors or mental health professionals or legal advisors. Any information shared is not meant to treat, diagnose, or claim cures for any physical conditions or mental illness. Psychedelics and sacred plant medicines are not for everyone, even when done legally. There are serious contraindications with various health conditions and pharmaceutical medications. Please do your own research and take action to be informed. Remember that you are 100% responsible for your actions and subsequent consequences. The views of the guests are not the views and opinions of life-changing trips. I'm Harmony Williams, and this is Life Changing Trips. Sometimes it's hard to see the freedom and the beauty that lives behind the weight of everything we carry, but I believe that life is so amazing and I can't waste another moment. I'm so excited to be here with you for another transformational conversation about experiences and the latest research on plant medicine, meditation, breath work, and other unconventional modalities and how they are being used for mental health and expansion. I hope by listening that you will find ways to integrate your peak experiences and epiphanies to open up new levels of possibilities, ingenuity, and fulfillment in business and deeper, authentic connection and passion in your relationships and a feeling of purpose of living fully alive. okay welcome in this episode this is the third and final for now episode with angel and eric and i just wanted to give you a little taste of what to expect angel teaches us how to go inward and upward to find truth tells us how to use that with parenting also she talks about the divine design of men that women have egos too, contrary to popular belief. She teaches us a profound healing and connecting process to do with your husband. Even if it sounds stupid and silly and crazy and you feel dumb and you don't know how to do it and you do it awkwardly, give it a shot. Just try it, do it, and see what happens. I had an incredible experience, and I know Angel said as she's taught this to other couples that... She's heard back many incredible experiences. So, just an encouragement when she gets to that part, take notes and do it. And I would love to hear if anyone wants to share their experience doing that. She talks about surrendering. Eric talks a little about church and societal programming, how to unpack our emotions or how to help your partner unpack theirs. The magic when you've worked through all your stuff and you only have the light daily maintenance and dusting to do in your relationship and in yourself. They talk about unaddressed emotions, what Angel thinks of plant medicine, and how her plant medicine journey went how to know what is truth and what is your story, how to stop negative patterns, and what men crave in a relationship. So this is such a fun episode to wrap up the relationship one. She did say next time we are going into sex because that's been an incredible... She's got so much there to go above and beyond. And as I've done her classes and her mentoring, how that's personally opened up for me also. And... It's awesome. So just a reminder, Angel is co-hosting the Yin on Fire Festival in Cedar City. It's at a man-made lake with water slides, live musical performers. There's inspired speakers. The workshops are anywhere from sound bowls and yoga, shamanic breathwork, cannabis 101, horse therapy, wholesome cooking classes, drums, partner massage, plant medicine, acupuncture, art. Okay, just to clarify, there will be no plant medicine going on or usage there, but there will be classes on it there. Writing, three nights of camping, and it's just gonna be a really, really cool event. So I have a link in the description for tickets to that and all of her classes and groups. I also have a day retreat coming up, March 4th. It's going to be so neat. We'll have laughter yoga, drums, sound bowls, breath work, meditation really cool movement class that you may never have experienced before and you're going to love. We will also talk about and learn the five crucial elements to actually making change. And one of them is an altered state. So on top of all these cool facilitators that are coming in to do the things I mentioned before, I have some techniques that I've developed based on plant medicine journeys to help you connect with your authentic self, connect with your partner, your kids, tune into your own guidance in an altered state but without needing any plant medicine. So you're gonna come away from this day retreat feeling reset and rejuvenated, just ready to go and enjoy life and live life fully. There are also retreats coming up. So in the description, you'll find all of these links and information And you can hop online and find me on Instagram or Facebook. Angel and Eric are planning on doing another episode in the future. So message me on social media and let me know what you'd like to hear about from them. And we'll just jump in to the final episode here of Angel and Eric.
1: There's just one more thing that the Spirit taught me. I never read it in a book or saw it demonstrated or learned it at church. It came as I began to truly honor the sacred design of men. Everything about the man's mind and body and heart and spirit is divinely engineered, everything. So with that as a foundational belief that I breathed and received when the spirit spoke it to me, if that's my premise, then what I seek to look for as I interact with Eric, my sons and men everywhere Is I seek to understand how is what I'm seeing them do, think, or feel wired to their divine design. And I'm telling you, it changed everything from the programming and conditioning of the world that judges men, that calls men carnal, perverted, inappropriate, selfish, all these just different labels that would come up from the world. When I feel that, or my mind goes that way, I pause and I say, God, what is true? Because you have divinely designed these creatures. So what is this wired to? And the spirit will lead me to the truth about who and what they are. And then I can just see how, because they live in the world with programming and conditioning and influence, how it's playing out in this way or that way, why they might have a substance abuse issue, why they might use porn, why they might constantly deflect to anger as the emotion that shows up, but it's all sacred. Everything has become sacred. So I sit in awe, super connected to my soul, my divine goddess self. And with that lens, I can observe behaviors and see the truth of it all. And when you're in a place of truth, there's nothing but love, compassion, and understanding for what's coming forth in someone else's behavior. I have been brought to feel what Christ is, really. The word compassion sums it up for me. Compassion is understanding and unconditional love, in one word, in my mind. It is so easy to be like Christ. When I was trying to build my Tower of Babel to get like Christ and be Christ-like, I was just getting further and further away from him and more and more into my ego or my natural man, as the wording from my upbringing taught me. But this experience has allowed me to change my opinion of everything and to know that rather than judge my partner about something he's doing, thinking, saying, watching, being, that I can go inward to this place and say, God, show me the divine design of men and of this man, and I'll be spoken to, and then I ask, "How can I be, how can I show up in this moment in our relationship, that I might nurture the truth that's at the core of who he is, and that I can like fuel or feed that fire and have it help to unravel the programming or how it's being displayed or acted out on the surface? and one of those core pieces was when I was instructed by the Spirit to hold Eric. This was early on in our relationship. And I was like, what? Like that thought came to me as I was seeking truth. Hold Eric.
2: Like what? came to me too. What? (laughs) How
1: do you hold a great big man? And, And that's, my ego said this. How do you hold a great big man? And it's his job. He's supposed to hold the woman. We go to them and we curl up with them and they hold us. And then I was like, okay, that's my ego. That's my programming. Set it on the shelf of my mind. Come back and seek. Spirit, explain what this is. And I was just shown. You get, get into your bed, get comfortable and propped up with pillows, and then invite him. Say, can I hold you? And bring him in where you, I, you place your, his head on your chest, wrap your arms around him, just get comfortable, and just hold him and breathe and observe. Don't talk. I followed those spiritual instructions and had one of the most profound experiences of my entire life. He, of course, had never had that invitation. And so he was like, huh? And I was like, get in here, big boy. <laughs> I'm going to hold you. So I,
2: Most amazing space. So I want to share
1: my experience and I would love for you to share what it feels like because I, we've discovered that men crave it. <laughs> After they are no longer little boys that get to be held by their moms, they don't ever generally, stereotypically get held by anyone. Even the hugs are short. They don't get held. So their mind, their body, their heart, and their spirit is never gently held and nurtured again. And as I held him, my divine spirit was just flooding me with awareness. I saw visions from his past experiences, things that I happened when I didn't know him. I just had an understanding or a knowing drop in. I call it a spiritual download of what these different, times in his life had impacted or impressed upon him his self-esteem, his self-worth, his biases, his worldview. It was all just downloading. It was like a thumb drive that you just plug in and like download a file. The matrix. And I and then I would just ask, what do you want me to be? Or what do I do in this moment? And it was sometimes just like just gently, just touch him gently. Let your body tell him he's safe, he's nurtured, he's loved. I would just caress his cheek, Or his neck or kiss the top of his head and just be kept asking the spirit what more is there and i was amazed that i was honoring a man for the first time in my life like honoring everything about him letting him curl up watching some different waves of emotion tears would come out of him he would just reach up and wipe a tear and i'm kind of shocked like what is he crying about you know but so there was something going on he was having his own process While I was having mine, and all it did was build compassion for him as a being, it stripped away all the labels that the world has ever told me a man is, should be, has to be. And I saw him as truly, when I say child, I want to open the listeners' spiritual eyes. In the Bible, it talks about be as a child and being childlike and how Christ loved children. And I think that word, if we take it out of the mortal connotation, Into a spiritual definition that it's synonymous with soul. Our divine spirit is childlike, it's pure love. And that's what I was able to connect with as I held him against my chest and non verbally breathed in sync with his breath and sought instruction from above. I saw him as this pure soul, the child in him, super innocent and loving. And I was instructed on how to cultivate that. In absence of my judgment, my pressures, my expectations, or putting my emotional needs on him, if I could remove those things and stay in my lane in our relationship, it would give him the space to bring forth this childlike soul and for him to evolve in his God nature. And that's all I've seen in the past four years. So being held by me, what was your experience?
2: No, oh, I would say probably the most awkward to start with. <laughs> Love that. No, it, it's a big space of surrender. In my experience, I had had to be everything for everybody my entire life from a very young age. I was the dad, I was the husband, I was the brother, I was the friend, I was I was the supporter for all of those around me. Being in a, a single mother's family with older sisters, and so that was a, a role that I had just assumed and, and stayed with throughout my life. Church programming had kept me in that role Uh, you know, these are the things and here's how it operates and this is how it looks. And so being able to be in that space, it was a stretch to curl up into my sweetheart, to just surrender. And that's what it was. It was absolute surrender. And as I gave in and allowed myself to be vulnerable and to be held and to open up, it was the warmest, most comfortable and amazing space that I've ever experienced. It it was the closest thing to being in the presence of God that I have had here on this earth. And I just allowed all of the, the stories and the BS of every single day in this world to wash away and to just be present in that moment. And to just experience love and lots of release, things would trickle through and sometimes, you know, it takes a while. I know the first time she held me, it was quite a lengthy thing. And then the stuff that shows up, the emotions, the, the stuff that just comes out of nowhere, things that, feelings, tears, I think that had been held onto for years. Years and years and years, and they show up and you're like, what is this? Where's this coming from? And the deeper that you go, the more that you're able to, the more that you're willing to surrender into that, you can identify as these things are released. I can feel where that tear came from. I can feel where this knot, you know, in third grade showed up in my body because of a comment that my teacher or. It's it's all in surrender and holding space for one another, that absolute truth and love can show up.
1: That's illustrating what I would call unpacking someone's emotions. So I'm just holding space for him and physically holding him and the unpacking of emotions shows up. It's so similar to a house where a hoarder lives. Each of us hoards, stuffs, emotions, memories. And so we've got all of this clutter inside of us. And you know, when you walk into a hoarder's house or anyone where there's clutter and mess, it's like, whew, there's a lot of work to do here. So sometimes you just shut the door. Each one of us probably has a space in our house where all this stuff is shoved into the closet, under the bed or put in the garage. And you tell yourself, I'll organize that or declutter it later. And you put it off. We do that emotionally. And these aspects that we're sharing, these skills and processes and principles, allow you to unpack your emotions daily so that you you go decluttering and when we first met we both had a lot of stuff and we spent time doing these things and being with each other in this way and we were just slowly tidying up the emotional impacts that we were carrying then I noticed this transition and this metaphor comes to me because during my separation and divorce I cleaned houses for income And I got to clean for senior citizens. I'd walk into their house and their house was basically clean, but they would have me come consistently. And it was like, what do you want me to do? And they wanted me to dust. They wanted me to dust and vacuum their carpet. So it looked lovely and all stood up the right way, but there was not clutter or hoarding. And this is where the understanding came to me that God said, once you unpack these years worth of unaddressed emotions and false beliefs, Interpretations and assumptions that your mind has made over all these different experiences and what you have thought that meant about you. So unpacking your limiting core beliefs. Once that's clean, you now have a clean slate. So our marriage, our our personal lives felt cleaner and lighter and more organized and more self-aware. So that in our marriage, I noticed when the dust is settling, the dust that comes in might be a comment. And as soon as dust settles in a really clean house, you notice it on the coffee table or on the mantle. You're like, ooh, let's get that away. You can't even see it in a hoarder's house. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't notice the dust. You'd be like, that box needs to be moved and that trash needs to be taken out, like the dust. And so more and more dust settles and more and more boxes and crap get put into place. But when you are emotionally unpacked, then you notice as soon as something new hits you, it's like dust. And so every day we dust our relationship. It's like, what is that that just landed? And it's just so light and liberating and joyful. We think that our relationship's the most fun thing that we've ever encountered.
0: I love it. My mind was going to, as the one of the things I love about plant medicine is that it kind of like forces you to break open your heart and to see someone else's soul and these experiences, I'm thinking like, this is why I love Angel, is because she gets there totally sober. She teaches us how to go to these places and she's just doing it daily. She's living the principles. You guys are there and you're doing that. And even if if somebody takes some type of plant medicine to help them see what's possible mm-hmm. and they have this experience where they see their spouse's soul or they connect or they're held and they're a little child again and they're getting these doubts like you talk about there's still this daily work learning how to do it yourself but there's facilitators that I go to also to learn that that are (laughs) amazing like you where I'm learning to do this and I have these little And, and people say that, ask that with plant medicine too. Well, so like one, one time and you're done and you're fixed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's a strong experience and it can be a, like a near death experience for some people. And there's still these daily things that come up and there's still this integration that's called a lot or coaching or self-coaching that you get to do every single day and learn how. To live in that space, little things like that with a plant medicine experience or going to one of your retreats has been the same. This three day reset where my heart is open. Everyone, you know, you're showing this example of how to live from that different vibration, from your childlike soul, whatever that is. And we're allowed to be there and you just fall into it. And then it's like, okay, okay. How do I take this back? And we do that with any of our epiphanies or our plant medicine journeys or these retreats. Okay. How do I do, how do I be this? How do I live this? Mm-hmm. And I think you, you've said something at the end of one of the retreats. Cause I think everyone has that fear. Like this has been so amazing, but I'm going to go back to my spouse or my kids or my job or whatever it is. And I'm, they're not going to allow me to be like this, right? That's the fear. Let's make those big epiphanies. Let's make those jumps. Let's unpack the house. And how do we keep it, keep that resonance within ourselves, Yeah, it's so easy. It is so easy. And I was
1: several years into our relationship when I was invited to experience plant medicine. And that was something that my past version of myself had a lot of moral judgment about. And in this moment, now I was open to it. I'm open to experience anything because I will invite God to walk with me and teach me what is this? What is the meaning of this? And so I went into it, had the experience. And then my facilitator said, you want to continue because you can microdose. you can do this. And I giggled and I said, that was cool for a few hours, but it's not at the same level as my day-to-day experience or my personal communication with God. So it was neat for a period of time. And I value it for anybody that does not know or has never felt that heart opening space because they live so entrenched in their ego and they don't even know it. Like I did till I was 38. I didn't know I was in an ego. I didn't even know females had egos. I thought only men were egoic. And that might sound funny, but every group of people I've spoken to that I've asked, women describe egoic behavior as narcissistic, cocky, aggressive. And I said, "Who are you describing?" They say men. So it's a very common myth that men have egos and women don't. An ego is is your natural programmed natural man identity, the programmed mind that is driving you from a place of should. And shouldn't, and fears, and shame, and guilt as your fuel and your motivation for why you do what you do. And it's so far off the radar for most people. I want to thank Brene Brown for bringing shame into the research and into her TED Talks and books. Because back in 2015, when I found Brene Brown's work, that really laid the groundwork for me to start asking God about shame. It was interesting to hear Brene's comments and research, but I took it into God and God showed me shame was introduced in the Garden of Eden when the serpent or Satan told Adam and Eve they were naked and they needed to hide from God. It was so amazing for me to find that peace and to realize that opposition has been using shame ever since that moment to get people to turn away from God. Coming into how we do this, how do we maintain, whether it's a journey or a trip that opened your mind and heart or just Cognitive behavioral practices where you recognize your ego's voice and what your body tenses up to, and you're seeking to maintain a spiritual, sacred, unconditionally loving experience. The simple steps are this notice and name your emotion. The fact that we live in an emotionally constipated society where we stuff our emotions, we avoid, escape, numb, and distract from emotions, and we operate very low on a scale of emotional intelligence keeps us from even beginning the path to self-awareness. So step number one is to notice and name the emotions that come up for you. Emotions are the alarm clocks of our awareness. They wake us up if we will listen instead of just hitting the snooze button through avoidance, escape, numbing, and distracting. So pay attention. What am I feeling? Step number two is what am I telling myself? This key taps you into your cognition. What are the thoughts repeating in your mind that are making you feel that emotion. And that's where you can start to see, is this my story that comes from what I've been taught to think or to believe from my past experiences from programming and conditioning? Because if it's a story, then you want to look for what is true. And this is where the bifurcation or the division in your path happens so that you stop repeating old patterns of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And you Forge a new path in your life. It's this simple practice in that moment. Is this my story or is this true? When you ask that question with sincere intent, the spirit inside of you, your true essence, your inner voice or intuition, whatever you want to call it, will answer the call with, That's your story. And the spirit said to me once, Angel, if anything you believe, think, feel, or do is anchored to a mortal experience, meaning a human or groups of human or groups of humans have taught you to believe, think, and feel this action. There's a potential margin of error. I sat with that. I pondered that again and again and again. Angel, if anything that you believe to be true, think, feel, and do in your routines has anything to do with mortal influence, it doesn't matter if they said this is what God wants you to believe or this is what God said, or this is what's right in our society, or this is what's anything. You can go from just American government rules to religious rules to family expectations. Spirit was so clear. If it has to do with the mortal who led you to believe that and label it as true and right, there's a potential margin of error. Isn't that beautiful? Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. It might have fallacy. In in other words, there might be philosophies of man mingled with scripture. So what do you do in that moment? Challenge the hell out of it. And I mean that truthfully because there's hell in it. There's lies in it. So you get to that point where that step is, what am I telling myself? And you notice what you're telling yourself. So you turn to your source of truth. And I call that inward and upward. And that's where I just ask, what is true and what is my story? And it begins to separate and peel apart. Here's what your story is and here's how it's linked to all this programming. The spirit of truth will just show you the attachments. It will connect the dots for you. This is why you think that way. And it's like, oh, okay. So once I'm clear on that, I set it on the shelf of my mind and I turn towards the spirit and I say, show me what is true. That is when a true, a broadened perspective opens up. And what this looks like in reality is my perspective of Eric changes in that moment. I might have been judging him, thinking he was doing the wrong thing or he needed to do something different. And all of a sudden I have this whole personal download. This is God giving me revelation and it's not written in the books or the articles or given to everybody, because this is what angel needs to know about angel in this moment. It happens with parenting. Here's how I'm seeing my child in this relationship. And there's contention here. And I'm frustrated and they're disobedient rather than just deferring or defaulting to my egoic programmed mind of what the world's told me. This is what a kid should do. So this is what you got to make him do. And you got to be in control. I set that away and just ask for more. So it's really that moment of pivot that allows you to then See two options, what the spirit of truth is telling you versus what your programmed mind says you should do, and this is the miracle. We all have been given agency to choose. Viktor Frankl is attributed to this quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space lies our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and freedom. That is one of the most magnificent quotes of all time. It's saying exactly the steps I just explained. If you will pause between stimulus, something happens in your environment. There's a stimulating event, an activating event, they call it in cognitive psychology. And between that that happens and your response, what you think, feel, and do towards it, there's a space. And I've discovered that that space can be extended and give you more time to process and communicate with God if you'll breathe. So breath work is very popular right now. And some people don't understand it or practice it. Mindfulness is becoming more popular in Western society. Some people push it away. I don't have time for that. That's silly. That's woo woo. Meditation, the same. It's all one and the same. But I've discovered that it's extending that space, Frankel talks about, between stimulus and response. There is that space. Breathe. Breathe, notice, check in monitor what your head's doing, what your heart's doing, what your body's doing, and then turn to your soul and ask what is true. In that space lies our power to choose. That's where our agency lies to choose our response. Am I going to respond from a place of fear? That's the ego. Or am I going to respond from true love? That's God. Our growth and freedom are tied to our choice. This is a daily habit and a daily experience. Sometimes I choose to respond from fear and I learn from it. There's no place for shame in my daily life anymore. I don't guilt or shame myself for doing it wrong or tell myself I'm failing at this relationship or that thing in my life. No, it's just like, huh, look what I chose and look what the implications of that choice are. Okay. That fuels me to want to lean in and trust the divine inspiration in my life even more. I'm going to turn inward and upward again and again and again, because 100% of the time that I have done so since 2016, the spirit has been right. Whatever the spirit told me to do or told me to be or told me to think in that moment has been accurate and only evoked miracles in my life.
2: Amen. I know
1: exactly. That's it.
0: In the name of all that's true and holy. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you both for coming on and being here and sharing just this gift to other people. I think there's some people that may just be like, hey, it's good enough. You know, our relationship's good enough. Just seeing possibilities in real life helps me, I know, to be able to go, okay, that's possible. Yeah. I can do this. I'll just take the next step, the next step, and I'll listen to this podcast like twelve times. So good. I I love editing editing it. But I hope you'll come back on again and I really appreciate your time. That was wonderful.
1: Yeah. Next time we gotta talk about sex, because we didn't even dive in there, but that's the next level, sexual relationship. But what I'm what I'm hearing you say is it is exactly why we're willing to talk. We're willing to talk about any details of our relationship because it's the Roger Bannister effect. Roger Bannister was the first human to break the four minute mile. Mm -hmm. And prior to him doing that decades ago, people thought humans can't run that fast. And then he did it. And once he did it, then people thought, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Let me strive for that. Let me find how I can do that. And now in our era today, runners in college are breaking the four minute mile. I have felt strongly that we are to be an open book and to share, not that we're perfect. Well, let me take that back. We are perfect in that we are growing. We're perfection in motion. We are exactly what we need to be right now in our lives. And we are ever evolving in our learning and our experiences. And I believe that's what we were designed for. And so, yes, in this moment, I feel that we are perfect. We are loved by God and we're exactly who and what he wants us to be. We are loved by God and we are exactly what God wants us to be. I just wanted to edit out that it's not a he necessarily. So (laughs) (laughs) I felt a constriction when I said that. So that's why I restated that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do believe that we are perfect, meaning a transcendent meaning, not how the world usually uses that term. We are whole. We are love. We are living this mortal experience in the way it was designed for us to live. And that is perfect. To question our perfection is to doubt God's design. And that brings me a lot of peace. It brings me a lot of joy to know that we are doing this ride of life exactly how it was meant to be done, just figuring things out as we go. And I love it. And thank you for allowing us to share our story. This has been super special and fun. And we hope that it inspires someone. We really hope anyone who's struggling or suffering in a relationship and doesn't have guidance, I get it because I didn't know where to look. And I just want to invite everyone to start experimenting with the idea of going inward and upward. When it's new, some people will say, this is hard. I can't do this. I want to invite them to replace the word hard with new. This is new and i'm open also a phrase that helps people pivot is i love me and i'm learning if you'll say those words and then go in and experiment with the steps that i've given you today you will develop this ability i see it every day in my clients lives that it is possible to cultivate, and it's been a practice for me. This started in 2016, so I have been working at this for years. It didn't happen overnight because no one had modeled it for me, so I invite you to give yourselves grace and compassion and just be willing to keep experimenting with what's really true and possible. You are divine. You have direct connection to a divine source of truth. If you will turn to it and ask what is true, And what more is there? You will be taught and instructed directly from God, from that source of truth, from the life force energy that we know is love. You will be taught what to do and how to be in this very moment in your life. And you can let go of the pressures to prove and earn your worth and value from any external source. By doing so, you destroy the idols that you've been worshiping, the reputation that you have, the roles that other people play in your life. Those are some of the greatest idols of worship that get placed above worshiping the true and almighty source of
0: creation. Thank you.
2: Just going to say thank you for the opportunity to do this. It is probably one of the most stretchy things that I've done, but I know for me personally, it's worth walking through the space in my experience of what my first 40 years of life had been versus the joy and happiness and just truth that i have had in the last four years there wasn't anywhere to go there wasn't anyone that has done this or where it's been seen or references resources I'm not saying that we're doing it right all the time but if we can offer any pieces of anything to help somebody find joy and love and lighten their life it makes it worth it
0: i hope you enjoyed hearing from angel and eric as much as i do and all of the links will be in the description. They do men's, women's, couples, coaching, groups, and retreats. And I'll also have a link to Yin on Fire if you wanna get tickets to it, or if you wanna apply to be a speaker or a workshop host there. Thanks so much for subscribing and leaving a review. Come join our amazing free community, Life Changing Trips. There's a link in the description.